courageous conversations and prophetic preaching with West Ohio Conference Bishop Gregory Von Palmer on episode number 35 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. We need to give an appropriate and a healthy amount of attention to all the ways in which people are heads down on the ministry. Now, let me let me uh, bail that out just a bit. Because they are focused on ministry, proclaiming the gospel, forming people in Christ, and those congregations are not spending their energy uh, so much on how can we not be United Methodist, or even answering the question, um, why should we be United Methodist? They actually are being United Methodist. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people. Welcome to the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. This is the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word to a discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. On this episode of To Be Encouraged, Bishop Tremble and I talk with the Bishop of the West Ohio Annual Conference, Bishop Gregory Vaughn Palmer. In this episode, which is part one of two, uh, a two-part episode, we're going to talk a bit with Bishop Palmer about his faith journey, about how it was being invited to Sunday school, which is a key part of that, about having enthusiasm in spite of things happening in the world, which can be discouraging at times. He shares with us some stories about how some churches are doing some very practical things to offer help to uh, homeless folks, and he talks about energy and stories of using positive energy in our churches to be, to offer an encouraging world word to a broken world. And he gets into the conversation about courageous conversations in a church and in a world which is often addicted to violence and how we need to have responsibility for prophetic preaching into this broken world. You're going to learn a lot in this engaging conversation between two bishops of the church, Bishop Gregory Palmer from West Ohio and Bishop Julius C. Tremble from the Indiana Conference and myself, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Let's get into this conversation on the To Be Encouraged podcast right now. Hello, good people. Welcome to the uh, To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. This is the podcast where we offer an encouraging word to a discouraged world. I'm your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. 
We are privileged today to have as our guest the Bishop of the West Ohio of the Ohio West area, Bishop Gregory V. Palmer. Gregory, uh, Bishop Palmer comes to us as a child of the church, and we're going to get into some details about that. He has been the Bishop of Ohio since 2012, previously serving in Iowa and Illinois as a bishop and in parishes in, in the Cleveland, Ohio, and other areas as well prior to that. He has a, an extended background in life of the church, and he's going to be sharing with us some some great insights about the life of the, the church today and his uh, point of view of some encouraging words. We welcome uh, Bishop Palmer to our podcast. And Bishop Trimble, would you help us welcome Bishop Palmer to, yeah. to be encouraged? Well, well, welcome, my dear friend, uh, uh, Bishop Gregory Vaughn Palmer, uh, for friends for 30 plus years now. And uh, I count it a joy to, to be a neighbor uh, in a neighboring state, but also to uh, have been able to labor together in this ministry in the United Methodist Church for low these many years. Uh, been looking forward to this conversation. Our main goal is just to be a blessing, to be used by God, to be a blessing to others in this particular season. So good morning and welcome and good afternoon and good evening, depending upon when people hear this <laughs> podcast. Amen. Thank you very much. Great to see you and to be with you. Awesome. Well, it is uh, indeed a, a delight. And Bishop Palmer, we uh, love to talk to people involved with the life of the United Methodist Church in so many levels. We talk to lay folks and folks involved with various ministries and a number of bishops we talk to. But one of the things that is in common is that we talk to men and women of faith, and we really love to hear faith stories. And so we'd really like to hear uh, Bishop Palmer your faith story, uh, just a, a portion of that, perhaps, how you came to Christ, know Christ in the first place, and how that uh, navigated in your life to be, become a bishop in the church. Sure. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I, I would say that uh, I came to Christ um, because I was brought to Christ, uh, meaning my parents presented me for a holy baptism uh, as an as an infant. So as our book of uh, ritual and worship and uh, hymnal says, um, you know, the rubric says for uh, this is the order of the baptismal covenant for those unable to answer for themselves. And when I was unable to answer for myself, uh, my parents took me to the altar and um, had me baptized. And they made certain commitments, as every family does. And um, they, uh, in the long haul, uh, followed through on those on those commitments. My my hunch is and my recollection, as I hear uh, recall my parents telling the story, uh, they probably had a little bit of uh, where they were not knocking the doors of the church down every Sunday morning as young adults with a, uh, a small child. But when they um, moved from an apartment and uh, got their first home in uh, the northwest section of Philadelphia, <clears throat> they uh, uh, were connected with a church called Trinity, then Trinity Methodist Church, now Trinity uh, United Methodist Church. And it's been through several mergers. And um, they uh, started attending that church with friends uh, that were really like family to us. But um, I remember my dad telling me a story about he... Um, uh, said, well, I think I'm going to uh, uh, send Gregory uh, to uh, to Sunday school next week. And um, 
and and then uh, an elderly woman who was uh, like an aunt uh, to all of us, my parents and to me, uh, said to my dad, Herb, well, don't send the boy, bring him. Mm -hmm. And my dad talks about how that was so transformational. Uh, he took Aunt Ada seriously. Uh, he, um, uh, he and my mother started bringing me to Sunday school. They got involved in Sunday school, young adult fellowship, et cetera, et cetera, and got highly engaged in, in the church. So um, uh, through, through Sunday school um, and um, uh, experiences in the church, um, and subsequently my dad entering um, set-apart ministry, so I was going to a lot of different Sunday schools uh, over time. But um, I remember distinctly as um, um, late adolescent, uh, early early adolescent, um, walking down the center aisle and giving uh, the preacher my hand, which would have been my dad uh, in a church that, that he was serving when the invitation to Christian discipleship came. So all had come to fruition from, you know, unable to answer for himself. To that moment when I walked down the aisle at Union Memorial United Methodist Church and put my hand in the hand of the preacher when the proverbial doors of the church were open and um, uh, et cetera. And then subsequently enrolled uh, in the uh, membership training. Uh, some may call it confirmation class and was received into membership with several other young people uh, that year in the spring in the spring of that year, um, et cetera, where you make public profession uh, of your of your faith. So that um, uh, the rest is history in one sense. And I've not looked back on that primary commitment first made in my behalf and by my parents to the time when I ratified that commitment in membership and confirmation in the church. Um, to my own life of service in the church. So uh, it's a great question, and I'm delighted to reflect upon it. Absolutely, and that life of the church has meant a number of postings and positions in local church settings, and for the last 22 years or so as a, a part of the episcopacy. And so, Bishop Trimble, you, you and both Bishop Palmer are ver veterans of, of the episcopacy, and uh, the situation in the church is one that is embroiled in, in, in angst in, in a way, and uh, in many ways. And yet there are some signs of life and some encouraging signs. I know Bishop Tribble, what were, I know you and Bishop uh, Palmer engage in lots of conversations being uh, in neighboring states and, and, and involved with Episcopacy. I know you had a few things you really wanted to chat with Bishop Palmer about. Yeah, I think I... I've been talking a lot lately with, with both lay and clergy uh, in Indiana and beyond Indiana about what we are encouraged about. Um, we don't want the, the sole discussion and the headline to be disaffiliation. So uh, I've, been, I've been saying I'm encouraged most about how eager people are to be used by God in this season as instruments of God's grace in the church. Uh, I do have things that I'm, I'm a bit troubled about, but I'm more encouraged by the enthusiasm that I've encountered in recent weeks, uh, both here and abroad, uh, uh, about how how people are eager to be engaged in ministry, even with all of the things that are going on in the world today. And I'm just curious uh, to Bishop Palmer, what, what, what encourages you in this season, particularly as we get ready to go to jurisdictional conference? 
Sure. Well, uh, one of the things that uh, encourages me, uh, it sounds very similar to what you were saying, Bishop, um, are the ways in which um, United Methodist Disciples of Jesus Christ and um, local United Methodist uh, uh, congregations are not letting the disaffiliation um, rhetoric narrative suck out all of the air out of the room. And they are focused on the mission uh, of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world in their local communities, uh, in the continuing formation of their own members and uh, providing a missional outreach uh, in those communities where people's lives are literally being changed um, because of the worship and study and fellowship and service and um, a prophetic witness of those of those congregations. And I think they need to be highlighted more. Um, we've given, um, um, in, understandably so, a great deal of attention to the angst that we have um, in the United Methodist Church, and particularly since the special session of the General Conference. But we need to give an appropriate and a healthy amount of attention to all the ways in which people are heads down on the ministry. Now, let me let me um, bail that out just a bit because they are focused on ministry, proclaiming the gospel, forming people in Christ. And those congregations are not spending their energy um, so much on how can we not be United Methodist or even answering the question, um, why should we be United Methodists? They actually are being United Methodists. So they are answering the question with their faith, their life, and their witness. It does not mean that they are insensitive um, to um, all else that's going around, going on around us in the United Methodist Church. And they're making an appropriate amount of space uh, for healthy con conversations, but none of them are distracting from the execution of ministry in those places. So uh, I'm going to give you one example. I was at a church on yesterday and they had this, I don't know if they got the idea from somewhere else or somebody made it up. Every one of us has been at a stoplight. And there's been some man, woman, um, uh, maybe sometimes children, and they're holding up a sign, please help me. Sometimes it says, I'm a veteran and I'm homeless. Um, so people, um, you know, uh, at least presenting the picture of being in some abject need. And they had these wonderful, large Ziploc bags that they had pulled together a group of people uh, preceding Sunday morning, and they filled them with a water bottle, with a gift card um, to a fast food type restaurant. Um, there was um, Kleenex in there and all sorts of things that were very useful. Um, and they said, the next time you're at one of those places and you're feeling like you should do something, but you necessarily want to pull out cash out of your pocket. Uh, we all have our level of how much good that will do. Uh, take a couple of these bags with you and uh, reach out and hand it uh, at that stoplight to that person that's standing there in need. I mean, I was so inspired and so challenged. And they had several things that they were doing uh, in this in this season. But, you know, that wasn't related uh, that was related to the ongoing crisis of people who are economically disenfranchised, who are not living in safe housing, um, who maybe um, are unemployed. And I was so inspired that our faith expressed through the worship service, proclaiming our love of Jesus and our following in his footsteps, had these tangible signs. Um, and in the same service, they took in a dozen new members into the life of the congregation. Glory to God. Glory to it's, God. 
It said, I mean, it was all happening, evangelization, missional outreach, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that's a story worth being told, Brad. Yes, sir. Uh, and told again and again. And too many of these stories happen. Uh, glory, we call them glory sightings or look at God or look at the church. And we never hear about it. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. but sure yeah. enough, uh, praise and be it, to God for that for that testimony. And I, I, and I, and all, I love what you said. Things. I just want to introduce you. Once, I loved you what you said, Bishop Palmer, about energy, about energy, mm-hmm. about how so many of the stories are being told now about the church, uh, you know, from those who are kind of, you know, uh, would knock the church right now or suck out the energy and we need to continue to tell good news stories. And that's what I love about Bishop Trimble. He's always focused on encouragement. And I know, I just happen to know some of the discouraging things that have happened to him (laughs) and in our state. And, uh, and I admire that so much about having an encouraging word, but what you're talking about is being very intentional about speaking positive energy and doing the work of the church. So I just wanted to interject that. But I know, Bishop Trimble, you had something else you wanted to share there. Well, right? I was going to say that was that was worth the podcast right there, Bishop Palmer, showing up. Podcast. I've been blessed now. I feel like I want to walk down the aisle and join the church. So <laughs> praise, praise be to God. You go. uh, I, there are some things, in all honesty, that, that do trouble me. And I just wanted to share a little bit what's troubled me. You, you've been watching the news the last 24, 48 hours. And, and I, I want to we like that we like to deal with some of the difficult topics as well i'm troubled by our our societal addiction to violence both violence of words and action as a preferred response to disagreement mm-hmm. uh, and you know whether it's whether it's the attack on uh mr pelosi in his home or or or, or some of the campaign ads that are that are just filled with so vitriol and and now this this whole new campaigning uh, cycle, it seems like, where you know you have to add a little, uh, a little, a little gun, gun, uh, some pictures of guns and so forth, in order to make your point. It seems as though we we have an addiction uh, that it almost become idolatrous in our society, and I, and I don't I don't want to blame I'm not blaming any particular party, but there seems to be too many individuals. Uh, that have gone down the road that takes us away from the teachings of Christ, uh, uh, who calls us to be both peacemakers and those who who embrace uh, something other than violence, loving God and loving neighbor. That troubles me, and I, I so uh, and some of that has seeped over into the church, maybe you know at, at, di- at different levels. So I, I just wanted you to speak to that, Bishop Palmer, and Brad as well. Yes. Uh, you know. When people ask me what troubles me, uh, uh, I'm not troubled by God. God's still calling people to ministry and calling people to service. We have a number of people who've offered themselves to be candidates for bishop across the church. So I know God is still calling, but it troubles me that our body politic, our our, our society, uh, and, and this seems to be a global problem. Uh, is drifting into a, a somewhat of an idolatrous relationship with violence uh, and, 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 and despising of the other, as, as many Will Willimon and others who've written about this as well. So you want to comment on that at all, Bishop Palmer? Sure. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Bishop Trimble. Um, you said it seems like we have an addiction to violence. We are addicted to violence. Mm, yes. um, 
and and I think I think the addiction is not just in our own culture uh, in America. I mean, I think it's um, it's it's global in scale, uh, and it shows up in many ways. But the place where we likely have the most influence are the places where we live our lives. And so for us on this, we've got more influence here, even though we have um, global and international interests. And as you have intimated, it is not just. Um, the gun violence, it's not just, you know, home invasions as happened in the Bay Area in, in the case of the Pelosi's, but it's also the rhetoric uh, that we use. Um, so when I look at, you know, what's coming out in the ads, uh, in the campaigns, um, they intend to be destructive. And uh, we seem not to be able to get away from um, saying what I'm for. We're only announcing what we're against. And the way in which we do that is to make out of someone else, um, um, make them the other. And, um, and the other part of that addiction that I've discovered or learned or observed over the years is um, somehow or another, there's a part of our unredeemedness <laughs> that... Uh, we feel better about ourselves by having our foot on somebody else's neck, so to speak. And whether or not that's physical, whether or not that's emotional, whether or not that's spiritual, whether or not it's cultural, um, it's um, uh, we, we like to have this one up um, that we're better than other people, or at least we that's the story we tell ourselves so that we can uh, we can sleep at night. And at some point, uh, we have got to be willing to disarm ourselves. And I mean that physically, I mean it in terms of the rhetoric, et cetera. And I don't want to act like that, you know, given the right set of circumstances and the right buttons getting pushed, that any of us, any of us can be sucked into that. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got, we've got that inside of us. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully it's not our whole story. And hopefully the love of God has flooded our hearts and keeps flooding our uh, but we've got to we've got to keep working at it and be conscious of it, not in the sense of um, neuroses, but conscious of it that we we check ourselves and we're checking in with the triune God and to say, is this word I'm about to speak or if it has to be reflective, these words that I just said, um, do they resemble um, the dignity of my humanity? And did I recognize the dignity of the humanity of others? Mm -hmm this physical action, et cetera. And we ought to be able to point to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as the chief um, redeemer, obviously, and the chief model um, to shape our own behaviors after. We've seen a better example than what we, than what we are demonstrating uh, as a society. And, and I, I think that it's, it, it behooves uh the, the Christian church to to take our finger off the mute button, as I've said over and over again, uh, as, it, as it relates to as it relates to speaking out against it. The psalmist says in Psalm 11, verse five, the Lord tests the righteous and the wicked and his soul hates the lover of violence. Mm -hmm. So this, this notion uh, that you can somehow get a get a blanket uh, uh, and call it Christianity and put it over violence and mix it together and come up with something God is pleased with is just is is hogwash. It's hogwash. <laughs> uh, Seems to me what we're talking about here is is how we have some of these uh, courageous conversations 
in our churches and in our communities and also uh, uh, prophetic preaching, you know, have a prophetic word uh, into our churches. Because, you know, we have to be honest, uh, Bishop Tremble, Bishop Palmer, we have some of these folks are inclined towards violence in our churches. They are there. <laughs> they are there. And also, certainly in our communities, uh, they are there. They are there. So it seems to me we have some responsibility and obligation and place as uh, as as the church and as pastors and as prophetic people to speak into that. So I'd just like to hear both of you speak about courageous conversations that might be around the, you know, around the conference table in your church, but it also might be at the school board nearby or mm -hmm. uh, and also prophetic preaching, not only in your pulpit, but preaching uh, somehow in the public eye, maybe in some public manner. Mm -hmm. A podcast is one of those. Can you speak mm -hmm. to prophetic preaching, courageous conversations? Sure. I, I, I think um, it's, it's my belief that absence, absent creating a framework in which people in congregations and people who are not explicitly and by their own choice, uh, living out of a wellspring of uh, religious faith and conviction, ought to be able to uh, hone uh, the tools of what it means to engage in meaningful conversation with our neighbors, um, particularly about the things that may be between us, things that are matters of difference. Uh, sometimes uh, what we differ on um, doesn't mean we're in opposition to one another. It means we see it from a different angle of view and that there's a wholeness in getting all of the angles of view on a particular, uh, a particular situation. Uh, or a particular conversation. So I think the church uh, has capacity and we have resources out of our, our history and our life over time to equip not just our members and communicants, but we have resources to help um, um, larger communities to have these conversations. And I think not all of the resources for having meaningful conversations are in the church or in religious institutions. So we have something to learn uh, from other places and communities and institutions that have modeled this well. The second thing you raised is prophetic, prophetic preaching. And I do think um, our preaching ought to move out to the edge. So whether we call this prophetic or otherwise, of preaching that invites us into transformation. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think sometimes the uh, use of the term prophetic preaching, which on the one hand I love, on the other hand, it's very limiting because it's become a trigger word um, in various sort of thought communities. And, um, and, and I think it's really the combination of um, um, you know, in, in, in our office, so to speak, bringing together the pastoral, the priestly and the prophetic. So, for example, I think that the ritual life of the church is as important as the proclamation life of the church, whether or not it's called prophetic preaching. We ought to be leading and inviting people and engaging them in, in the ritual life that rehearses over and over again. Eucharist does this, the mighty deeds of God, the action of God in Jesus Christ for our salvation and the empowerment and equipping of the Holy Church, of the, of the church by the Holy Spirit to live the life um, 
that God dreams and intends for us. Uh, so at the end of the uh, Eucharist uh, service, um, the, rich, the, the, the liturgy, excuse me, as you before before serving, uh, you know, we say make us one in Christ and one in ministry to all the world. It's this bidding around our oneness um, that that is what we're what's intended for us to uh, to be kept in mind, even as we receive the body and blood of Christ. And that Eucharist is just one example, baptism, uh, a part of our sacramental life. And because we don't name something a sacrament, doesn't mean there are not important rituals uh, and liturgies that the church um, needs to engage in and to teach what's really at the core of those so that um, member, our communicants can engage those some of these things they can do in their homes and um and and i i think we've sort of uh hidden them if you will behind the altars uh of the church and not empowered people uh, uh particularly for the rituals that are not quote sacramental unquote uh to engage them in their daily life we are so thankful for bishop gregory palmer from west ohio conference being our guest today of the To Be Encouraged podcast. I hope you heard of at least one takeaway from our conversation today, the story that Bishop Palmer told about churches, about ministries being head down, doing the work of the church, and not really having time to worry about division in the church, but getting the work done of being profoundly prophetic United Methodist churches. I invite you to tune in again next time on episode 36 of To Be Encouraged, where we'll have a second part of this conversation with Bishop Palmer. We're going to talk there in that episode number 36 about the notion that God doesn't take sides. We'll talk a little bit about spiritual foundations for the mission of the church and preaching the whole counsel of God. You're not going to want to miss it here on the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. It's my pleasure to be co-host. My name is Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. We invite you to tune in next time. Until then, friends, continue to do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tribble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.